Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 319. I'm Kelly Roach, and you are listening to Unstoppable Success Radio, the podcast for achievers, believers, dreamers, and doers who want to build a profitable, sustainable business around a life of purpose, fulfillment, freedom, and family. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to have with me here today one of the founders of Diff Eyewear, Chad Dime. Chad, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelly. It's an honor to be here with you. I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. So you guys have taken the sunglasses world by storm with your amazing direct-to-consumer model. But I think the most special and unique thing, obviously, about your company is the way that you guys give back. It's an unbelievable model for making an impact in the world. And just for everybody listening, in case you're not um, totally familiar with uh, the work that Chad is doing with Diff Eyewear, they basically have a program where you buy a pair and you give a pair. And for every pair of Diff sunglasses, that are sold, they donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need, which is just an unbelievable way to make an impact in the world, make a huge difference, and uh, continue with that mission. So, Chad, I'm really excited to have you here, and I'm sure there's some really um, important and empowering lessons from your story that are going to make a huge difference for our listeners. Yeah, I appreciate that, and that's definitely the way it started for us. The Buy a Pair, Give a Pair program has been something that we started with since day one. Um, We've stayed very true to that promise, and we've also grown these initiatives alongside of it as well that I hope uh, will do exactly what you're saying, inspire people to do some of some of the same and just figure out a way to, to give back in whatever fashion that they can. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you guys are really doing something that in a lot of um, ways hasn't really been done before with your direct-to-consumer model, with the charitable aspect of it. So tell me a little bit, you know, you're graduating from college, right? And you decide that you're going to, you know, start this company with your partners, Chad and Zach. Like, what is the story behind how this business model evolved and how you guys got this thing off the ground and running? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for for me, really, yeah, like you mentioned, I was just getting done with college and I went back to uh, to actually work with my family. My dad's been importing eyewear for 35 years. So it was kind of something I was brought up, um, almost born into. Um, he was taking me to China when I was like 15 and showing me the ins and outs of manufacturing and kind of how he did what he did. Um, he was working in a lower price point, um, selling sunglasses that were, you know, retailing for a dollar up to 25 or $30 top. Um, when I graduated college, I knew I was going to be working within the sunglass kind of eyewear realm. But when I got a kind of a real firsthand go at what my dad was doing, I didn't necessarily love exactly what he had, had, had been doing. He was really, really kind of happy to have me in the family business. And I was really excited to go in and, and learn from him everything I could, but I had my, my sights set on building a brand. Um, I was fortunate enough to have reached out to Zach Gordan, who later became my business partner. Um, Zach was very, very, he's, he's an entrepreneur by, by all means. And as at a very young age, he, when I reached out to him, I was trying to actually sell him sunglasses and he flipped that on me and actually was telling me how he was looking for a business partner to start something that would, um, he needed someone that had import power and having learned what my dad did, it was over a couple of phone calls. Um, we actually had a Skype meeting ourselves, talked about the plan that he had for starting a business and, you know, with the power that we have on my family's side to bring in sunglasses from overseas. 
he saw me as a very good partner. And um, we actually uh, had one meeting, like I said, over Skype, he flew out to California and we kind of never looked back. You know, I was excited to get kind of into my own thing with eyewear, still wanting to have some involvement with my dad somehow. And, And my dad was very excited for me to go start my own mission and was happy to help in any way. So Zach and I kind of just joined up right then and there. Um, at the time, Zach had a competitor in the industry that he was currently working in. He was selling sunglasses at music festivals. Um, his competitor was Chad Jernigan, who again, later became our business partner. Um, they were taking sunglasses and going to 35 or 40 different music festivals a summer. And they were selling these sunglasses there and they were making a killing. They had, they had you know, kind of gotten involved in something that was kind of unprecedented at the time selling these these sunglasses at these festivals they did a good job but they were uh striking up deals at at the same festivals and driving their their prices for the sponsorship through the roof and so zach and i decided to ask chad if he would be willing to partner up with us to stop competing against each other and it really became this perfect marriage um the three of us have have been a, a terrific team but really essentially when we started doing this uh before diff was born we as a team were going to these festivals and we saw that these, that these younger kind of, um, you know, 18 to 35 year old people that were attending these festivals were telling us there's a major gap in the sunglass market. They were dying for something to get created that wasn't, you know, that was quality, something that was, was beautiful and designer eyewear kind of of that level, but that didn't break the bank. Um, mm-hmm. So that was where we decided to kind of make this mission come to life. We took all the feedback that we got from meeting hundreds of thousands of kids at these festivals and decided to create Diff Eyewear. And the whole idea behind it was that we wanted to do exactly what most people were telling us, create a designer eyewear. Um, Quality, you know, real, real quality was going to go into these things, but they were going to be affordable. So um, create a fair market value for designer eyewear. That was mission number one. And the second mission that we had as a team was we all we all came from. Um, families that gave us a lot of opportunity. You know, we all were fortunate enough to go to school and receive education and um, come out of that and and really go on to start our own businesses. Um, and so we wanted to do something to give back. It was very genuine. We just didn't know how to, to go about it in the first place. Uh, I, as as a student, was actually an ambassador for Tom's in college. And it, it was something that stuck with me. Everything they were doing with the buy a pair, give a pair um, that they were doing, they created a whole slogan for it, the one for one. And we applied that to the business model from day one, um, something very similar. But in our case, we wanted it to be applicable and appealing to our consumer. And we were selling sunglasses. So why not do reading glasses? And that, again, from day one was all how it kind of all came together. You know, we as a team decided we were going to make amazing quality sunglasses and sell them to people for an affordable price point and also make sure that for every pair of sunglasses that we sold, we were donating a pair of reading glasses to someone in need. That's and amazing. that was yeah, that was the basis of it. I mean, that really was how it started. It was very genuine. A couple of young kids going out and, and doing something and learning day by day where there was this gap in, in the market and then what model would really make people want to support what we were doing. And and the biggest part about it, the thing I want to add in there is it's all built on passion. We love going to these things. We love selling sunglasses and um, we wanted to give back. Um, the direct consumer model was something that came a little bit later. Um, I can tell you about that, but but initially, we started selling these things to people at these festivals and and decided that selling to them online would be a lot more effective. Right. Um, 
we built that later on. Yeah, Shortly. no, I, yeah. I love it. Well, I think there's there's a couple really key things there, Chad, that I want to circle back to and just point out for our listeners today. So I think that in, in today's market with the online space, uh, everyone can have a tendency to think that whatever business they're in or whatever market they're in, that it's very saturated and overcrowded. And I don't right. think anyone listening to this today before they started hearing your uh, story there would have said to themselves, you know, there's a major gap in the sunglasses market, right? Like we right, all have right, a right. lot of options for sunglasses. But sure. I think the distinction there was that you paid really close attention to what consumers wanted and you listened and you actually had a lot right. of conversations with real people. And just because there's tons of different products or services available in the space that you're in doesn't mean that the consumer's needs are actually being met in the way that they want you to. Right? Correct. And, and that's a big thing that I just took away from everything that you shared there. And I think that for everyone listening, the lesson there is we got to go a lot deeper, guys. You got to go deeper. You have to dig and get closer to your target market and get closer to your consumer. Really listen, not to the high level, like obvious, you know, easy, obvious surface concern, but one layer right. or two layers deeper to get to where the need is that's going to be an obvious opening um, for, for success. Right. I, I, I love what you're saying right there. I completely agree. I have a lot of friends that look at what we do at Diff and say, man, how did you get involved in sunglasses? And, and, you know, minus the, the story about my family being involved, but more asking, it's such a competitive market. Why would you go into something that had such a big kind of barrier of entry and, and how did you do it? And again, I always urge people to kind of realize that what's being done um, for the most part, I can always see and take a look at something, whatever industry you're looking at, I don't care if it's apparel or if it's sunglasses, but there's always room for improvement. There's always somebody out there, you know, a good market share of people saying, I want it to be done like this. I want it to be done differently. Right. Um, I think with our kind of looking at quality and, and in a lot of ways, we were looking to disrupt this monopoly that was created around eyewear many, many years ago. A lot of sunglass companies, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the whole Luxottica story, but it's all kind of 85% of the market was owned by one company and they were, you know, controlling the the price points for these things. So often people were having to pay 200, 300, 400 dollars for for sunglasses that cost, you know, far less to produce. Exactly. So we wanted mm -hmm. to yeah, we wanted to to listen to sort of these people's um feedback giving, you know, like I said and like you said, meeting people on their level and understanding what it was that they wanted um, out of this product. And we were able to deliver that to them. We were able to go and manufacture these things. Again, I, I, we will never compromise on quality, which is something that people were adamant about. Give us something that is good quality and make it affordable. Right. Um, and, and that's how we were able to compete within, within this market was we did exactly that. And, and as much as, as maybe you're right, and it's not always right in your face, what the gap, you know, where the void in the market is, but we call it that sub $100 price point. Um, we price our glasses at $85. That's that kind of sweet spot. People really appreciate um, that price point. It's, 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 it's right in, in that area where they're comfortable and spending it. And then once they receive the product and they actually see that they've got something that is quality and they do trust the fact the brand is giving back, they're very, very, very happy with their purchase. Um, they can actually buy two of our glasses for the price of, of what they're normally paying for other designer eyewear. Right. And they love that. And and that and and a big part of how we're doing that is the direct consumer model, cutting out a lot of of the middlemen there as well, 
allows us to keep that price point very fair. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the other really unique thing about you guys. So you have the the charity aspect, you have the direct consumer aspect, you have the the quality at the the lower price point. Let's talk a little bit about the direct to consumer and really breaking industry norms, disrupting models that are in place and kind of creating an alternate path for getting sure. your product or service out there. So tell us a little bit, you know, for people listening, maybe this is the first time they've really heard, you know, a deep dive into what that direct to consumer model looks like. And you know, if someone wanted to utilize that as a strategy for growing their business, like what would that even look like? Where do you start? Um, how did you kind of map that out for yourselves? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, first of all, I got to bring up my, my business partners, Chad Jernigan and, and Zach Gordan. Um, we, we all kind of are act as this tripod and, um, talking about direct consumer, I, I was not the guy that was going to tell you how to build a website and how to sell sunglasses online. That was not my strength. I'm, I more brought a lot of the whole social enterprise uh, history that I had working as an ambassador in college and things like that. And a lot of the manufacturing, Chad Jernigan, uh, my business partner was really, really into the tech. He was building websites and selling sunglasses online um, far before Diff ever started. Um, and so he had a lot of knowledge in terms of building websites and optimizing them. And Zach, my business partner was in a lot of ways, um, our think tank, if you will. He was always going back and trying to think of, of ways to really get product in front of people. Um, when it came down to it, he was the one that really started the influencer program for Diff. So between Chad Jernigan, who was able to build a beautiful website, um, focus on conversion and, and how to really get people to go to your site and interact with it well, and then kind of couple that with Zach's, I, I call it a very healthy obsession with uh, marketing he was building a lot of connections with influencers on Instagram. And we were driving a ton of traffic through Instagram directly to our website. And we were using kind of micro level influencers in the beginning, people that had um, pretty good sized followings. It, it could have been a hundred thousand people um, that were following this individual influencer, but they were genuine. The people that were following them were, were actually really into everything this influencer was putting out there in the world and that traffic and going directly to our website was converting very well in the beginning and it allowed us to grow this thing pretty quickly and, and really get the brand off the ground again that you know i talked about in the beginning how we were selling these things you know in on our feet really and trying to gain you know people that way but we quickly pivoted outside of kind of what i call that early entre entrepreneurial struggle and trying to do too much um, too fast and just focused on diff the one single company and its online capabilities in, in terms of reaching an audience and the day we did that i would you know kind of early 2016 is when we really started to see the trajectory of this brand go way up people were were really really paying attention and again i would i would say that had a lot to do with the model that we built um creating these quality sunglasses and having a charity built into it. And that whole model really worked for people. So when influencers were posting about it, they were connecting to it. And keep in mind, again, these influencers had very genuine followers. So they were connecting to it based on this person telling them about it and then going to the website and having a really good user experience there. And, and once again, once they purchased the product and received the product, that was kind of that final point where it, it really, really, really helped them trust this brand. Mm -hmm. um, because once you have these things in your hand, you see for yourself, they are really, really good quality and the price points, right. And, and the charity model is very real. So it, it was this perfect marriage of a really good synergy there, the marketing and, and the web and, and everything was, 
was done really well. And my, my partners are a huge part of that. Yeah, that's awesome. I really love the fact that when you told your story, you talked about the fact that you guys were each essentially competitors and then the collaborated to create something just unique and amazing. And I think, again, key lesson in learning. I mean, you've talked multiple times about how you guys each bring something very different to the table. And it's because of that, that you've been able to thrive the way that you have being able to utilize those different core strengths and talents. And I think that's another great lesson, great takeaway for everyone to be thinking about. Uh, I, I think we live in a world of collaboration now, and it's more important to find ways to co- collaborate with your competitors than it is to try and, you know, directly compete with them. So I, I love another example of that here. So going back to what you're saying about Instagram here. So do you feel that, you know, was the strategy to approach these mid-level influencers with what you guys were trying to do with the buy a pair, give a pair and, and trying to get them on board with the way that you were making a difference mm-hmm. and then you know, bringing them back around that way? Or how do you feel you were able uh, as a startup company to connect effectively in a genuine way with those influencers? Because I think that's something that everybody listening is trying to learn and trying to understand how to leverage, you know, in their own growth trajectory. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple things with that uh, being the times were, were different three years ago when I, when I really think about where we were, uh, you know, it's almost the end of 2008. It's almost the end of 2017. I'm sorry. So getting into 2018, we started to leverage influencers probably in 2015. So it was different there. There wasn't so much hype around this. And I don't think you want to talk about a competitive niche, you know, finding ways to market with influencers is highly competitive these Mm. days. Um, so there's that, you know, we had an advantage with that. The timing, uh, Zach, again, like we all were kind of in the beginning writing emails and reaching out to people through their Instagram handles to say, Hey, we have this incredible product. We want to share it with you. Um, we also give back. We're a startup. We want to see if we can help you help us tell the story. And, um, people were, were really into it, you know, but when I was writing 10 emails, Zach was writing a hundred. And when right, I was, when I was writing, right. Zach, Zach was writing 200 and, and so on. Like I said, he had this very healthy obsession with it and he just stuck it out. He, he made it a goal to, to reach out to as many as he could find that he thought were, um, again, I use the word applicable and appealing to our consumer, but it's, it's really, I mean, he, his initial go at that was in, incredible. He did it. He did a fantastic job of really going in there and, and staying on it and really dedicating his time to that. One thing I think was interesting that he did, though, um, he didn't cl- close off the doors to anybody. He was very open to working with an influencer, no matter what size they really were. And he he just had an idea in his mind. And we all agreed. We all talked about this, but he headed this off. He wanted to make sure that anybody could be considered, because if you have, I don't care if it's 10,000 followers or 100,000 or a million, if you have that genuine following people that really listen to what it is that you're saying, um, they are a great influencer. And so he really didn't turn anybody away based on, oh, you only have what a thousand followers, you know, you have a thousand followers and engage with you day in and day out and give you really, really good engagement. I'm going to send you a pair. I want you to tell the story. I want you to support and we'll support you with product. And it worked because it was, we weren't trying to be too greedy with it. We weren't trying to say we were too good for you because we weren't, we were just a startup. We, you know, we wanted people to help us tell 
what it was that we were doing to people out there in the world. And so, again, I think that's a good thing to take away from it is that any influencer is a good influence as long as it's genuine, as long as they're actually speaking to people in a way that people connect to them. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. a really good point, too, because I think, Chad, there's people that have very big audiences that are very unengaged. And then there's people with totally. really small audiences that are like super fans. Right. So you might think you're getting one thing and actually you're getting another. So I, I really think it's a smart strategy to look at engagement, you know, not just numbers, but engagement, you know, and relationship with their audience as a totally. key determining factor there. Totally. And he, he also, now that we've grown that, that program a lot, you know, our influencer program is quite robust at this point. Um, he's done a lot of trial and error with uh, a trial and error with that, looking at people that, you know, we would have bet our left limb, you know, for saying, Oh, we know these people are going to convert. They have a huge following. And it's like, it's, it just doesn't work out the way you'd think it would. And that's another thing he, he never gave up and something I would, I would urge a lot of people if you're looking into, influencer marketing or marketing any any type of thing online um it's not always going to be the way that it seems um you know and and really trial and error is a big thing and doing it with you know calculating your risks as much as possible um in effort not to lose everything but um yet still putting a lot of your chips on the table hoping for the best in return is is also a big part of what we did as a startup um yeah and it just so happened to work and he he worked his way all the way up to the likes of you know, the Kardashian Jenner family and stuff like that. And, um, it's been, it's been an interesting ride with that, but it's been a lot of work. And, and again, I, I will use the term trial and error and seeing what works and what doesn't, and what's more of a branding play and, and, and finding these individuals that really convert and for all different products, it's going to be, it's going to be totally different people. I would exactly, say that, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, what, we, what we use will be different for other people as well. No, hundred percent, and I, I think that's a really important point as well. So let's just put into context for people the work, right? Because um, everyone's capacity for hard work is different. Everyone's capacity for what they believe hard work to be. If you had to venture to guess, Chad, how many mm -hmm. pairs of sunglasses you, as an organization, have shipped out for free in right. your pursuit of building relationships and connecting with people that can share the story and the impact that you're trying to make how many pairs would you guess that you've sent out for free so far oh my gosh that is an incredible question <laughs> um it would it, it, oh man uh i wish zach could answer that for you i it's it's a lot you know it's it's thousands uh, let's put it that way I, I would venture to guess, based on the, the amount of success that I know that you've had and, and how committed you guys have been to leveraging that strategy, I would venture to guess, because I know some people are just hearing about you guys for this, the first time. I've been following you, so I, I see the work that you guys are doing. Thousands and thousands and thousands of pairs of glasses, I would it, guess. It, 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 it is. And I know it's thousands and thousands because just a funny story about that. You know, we, Zach used to, in the beginning, way back in like I talked about 2015, he was starting to do this and I was okay sending a few pairs, but there was a point where I remember watching him go in the back and he was packing boxes, you know, I'm talking a couple hundred and I'd sit there and I'd start to sweat and I'd say, you know, this is, we paid for this product. How are we going to get it back? And Chad Journey and my other partner would say the same thing kind of, but, but he's more in the middle. I'm very conservative. Chad might be more in the middle and Zach's very aggressive, if you will. 
And it was so funny because he was just like, this is what we're going to do. And it's, it's the only way we're going to get the, the name out there. Mm-hmm. And it used to, it, it used to have to kind of close my eyes <laughs> and yes. walk yes. the other way and, and just be like, oh my gosh, because, you know, again, talk about my father. He, he was very conservative with his product in terms of marketing and things like that. And so it's just funny. It, it was a lot of glasses and it still is to this day, but we've seen it work. And, and I would urge followers and listeners of, of, of this show and anybody that's out there starting a business, it's a great way to, to get your, you know, get your product out there is giving it to people for free with the understanding that that person is going to really do their job in a sense of, of telling your story or, or showing people why it's supporting your, your product or your cause. Um, if they're doing that, then, then it is a really, really, really good idea. Get it to people that. Yeah. And, and, but it is hard. It's a, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow when you're looking at product go out the door and you haven't received money for it and you've paid for it. Yes. Yes. But I always say you have to be willing to put gas in the car before you expect it to go. Right, Chad? So you guys are the, the beautiful example of that. And, and congratulations on your unbelievable success. I've been following you guys. I've been so impressed with what you've been able to do. And I love the story. I love the difference that you're making. So let's get some people buying some, um, amazing sunglasses at a fair price. Where can people go to check out the beautiful eyewear that you guys have going on here? Chad. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, they can go to diffiwear.com. Um, again, there's so much, you know, there's, there's a lot of beautiful things that we're doing with this brand. Um, go check out the website, go check out the glasses that are up there. We're releasing incredible new styles. Um, again, never compromising on quality. Everything we put out there in the world is going to be something that I hope people can really appreciate in terms of the quality and the price point. And then also I want to urge people to please check out the charity tab. Um, on that website as well, it's it's gotten to be a lot more than just this buy a pair, give a pair program. Um, we've got a lot of new initiatives. One in particular, I want to just kind of pitch. It's it's called the Sabo Project. I've been working very closely with the with the female, um, this wonderful woman over in Uganda. Her name is Kelsey Sabo, and we built a program where we have um, been in, uh, employing tailors in this village in in a rural Uganda to create handmade uh, eyeglass pouches. And we are paying them a fair, reliable wage to, to create these things. And once they come back stateside, we sell them. And the proceeds from these pouches actually go back to that village. And they're helping build a school there. The school already existed, but we're just kind of increasing the resources for the school and, and continue, continuing to allow it to grow at a much faster rate since we've been involved. And um, it's been this beautiful project. And then we just launched some new pouches up there um, last Wednesday, so on the 6th. So there's some new pouches up there as well. I would ask people to go check those out. And um, yeah, we're, we're doing some some really you know important things, I believe. And I want to thank you and anyone out there willing to support it. It's incredible. I thank you very much for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chad, thank you so much for the amazing work that you guys are doing. I look forward to continuing to follow your story. And for all of our listeners today, thanks for tuning in to Unstoppable Success Radio. I want to remind everyone until next time to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.